Hello, welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello and welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today my guest is Gabby Grahek, who I had the pleasure of meeting almost a year ago at a retreat that I co-hosted with my friend Nikki Nornberg, who if you've been a listener for a while, you've probably heard her on the podcast too. And so Gabby came to the retreat and right away her energy and just kindness was so electric and She has been someone I've been staying in touch with since last July and getting to watch her journey and the shifts that she's made, the things that she stepped into has been so amazing and powerful. And we were chatting about a month ago and I was like, you got to come on the pod. And she just so happened to tell me she was getting ready to launch and she launched her podcast Well, now from when we're recording yesterday, which is so exciting. And so I'm really pumped for the Creating Ripples community to get to meet you, Gabby, and for them to hear your story and all the things that you were up to. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be able to chat with this community and with you again, because it's been a minute. We've kind of just been like hyping each other up online, but we haven't had an in-depth conversation in yeah, a year now. So it's really exciting. I know. I'm so excited. And I think it that's like one of the things about like social media, it's, you feel like, you know, what people are up to, but like, you don't get to have for me, which I love is like that deep conversation of what are you up to? What's going on? What changes have you made? How's everything feeling? And like, I'm thinking about after the retreat, you went and you applied to walk in a show and like you, like you did these things that you were just like, why the hell not? Like, why not do these things? And that's what I'm excited to talk about is because I've seen you show up in the last year of just like challenging yourself in different ways or stepping into different, you know, avenues that you feel called to do, which I think is so relatable. And a lot of us can relate to the things that you've been doing, maybe not the exact scenario, but the situations. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so Gabby, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So speaking of social media, that's my bread and butter. That's what I do all day. So I went to school for a pub for communications. So I have a degree in PR, although I've never practiced it professionally or officially ever in my career. And kind of thanks to corporate luck and a little bit of ageism, I have ended up becoming a social media professional, which isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So that's what I do by day. I strategize and I create content for a brand. I'm currently employed in corporate and I do everything from community management. So responding to people and also then analytics and everything. And then I kind of start the content cycle all over again. So that my day consists of all the things. I'm not part of a big team. It's just myself and one other person dedicated to that work, which is great because I get to be like a leader and an executor. So I like that. And then at night, I'm a wife. My husband, Travis, and I have been married for, we're coming up on four years now. 
we got married right before the pandemic. So we were very lucky that we were able to still have our big party and um, a later moon that again was right before the height of the pandemic. So that was exciting. And then we, during the height of the pandemic, had a baby. So I'm a mom also to a two and a half year old. His name is Emmett. And we're in the cycle of his life where he's feeling a lot of very big feelings. So he's experimenting <laughs> with independence. <laughs> and I mean, and I'm a big feeling person too. I'm a water sign. It was just my birthday. I'm so I'm a cancer. And so my husband says, there's a lot of feelings in the house <laughs> between my son and myself. <laughs> um, so lots to manage there. But I'm mom to him and we live in the southern suburbs of Minnesota. So beyond that, who I am as a person and my core and how I show up in spaces, I'm a I'm a cheerleader. I mean, I mentioned being a hype kale, but I'm definitely someone where if you need a pep talk, I'm there to help you out. And but I also have learned just through experience that sometimes it's not always direction people need. Sometimes they just need a listener. So while I can hype you up, I can also create safe space for listening. And I'm a natural connector. So if you have ever chatted with me about your hopes or dreams, I'm someone who's like, oh, I know someone who does that. Oh, I know someone you should talk to. You guys should get connected. Or I know a name of something. And I'm always thinking to myself, how can I be a stepping stone to someone else's elevation so that they can keep pursuing what they want, which was very much what Call of the Wild was for me. It was this stepping stone to elevation and pretty much just an opportunity last summer where I got a chance to be quiet and to dedicate time to myself, which as a mom to a young child, that doesn't come around very often. Making space for yourself makes you feel guilty oftentimes. So I set aside my guilt and I signed up for the all day retreat. I didn't know anybody there besides Nikki. And I just, that immediate bond of everybody and recognition that it was a safe space and we were all searching for something we were all perfectly, beautifully incomplete or broken in our own ways and being led through those exercises through nature and quiet and reflection was so powerful. And I remember getting emotional a couple times throughout in those quiet moments because I realized I'm like, no one's touching me. No one needs anything from me. I'm here completely for myself. And I just hadn't been in that kind of solitary, peaceful, empowering, kind of quiet, guilt-free quiet in so long. I'm like, wow, I need more of this. And so I started with baby steps of just saying yes to things that I normally would say, no, that's not a fit for me. Or no, they wouldn't, I shouldn't spend any energy on that because it's not going to work out anyway. And I kind of just like shut down that internal monologue, that negative self-talk and was like, why am I putting up these barriers for myself? Why can't, if I'm called to that, if I'm interested in that, if that's my wild, why wouldn't I say yes to that and just try it? Just try. Cause if not, then it's the same place where I already am. And so just shutting down that inner voice, which who even knows where that comes from? I don't know why I'm holding on to it. I don't think I gave it to myself <laughs> and just trying new things and it gets easier and easier every time you give yourself permission to try those new things. I love what you said. There's a few things, right? I'm also a mom. And so that guilt that we feel of doing the things that we need to for ourselves, that was something that like right away becoming a mom, I was like, I, I am a mom, but that is not 
that's not who I am. That's a role that I hold, but I'm many other things. And I loved what you said of like, you are in social media and you are a mom and you are a wife, but that's, that's a role that you hold. And you're also Gabby, this energetic being that's a cheerleader and exciting and fun and carefree. And it's like, those are the things that make you who you are that, but like, we sometimes can get so in our society of like, well, you're a mom and it's like, period, but that's actually not true. And so like hearing you say that, and also being able to recognize like you needed to do that for you. That was like a big thing for me stepping into motherhood of I'm going to do the things that I need to, to continue to be Alex, because when we show up as ourselves, not only just like, do I think other adults feel inspired, but our freaking kids get inspired when they're like, look at my mom and dad, like doing the things that excite them or energize them or help them to, you know, reconnect with themselves. Because I mean, I remember the other day, just like, I was like, oh gosh, my kids are literally, Clara was having a meltdown. And I looked at Jordan and he's like, walk away. And I was like, I need to walk away. I'm like feeling it right now. But sometimes we don't get those quiet moments. And so when you can give yourself like a full day or just like little things to be able to not feel guilty is huge. And I'm curious for you, like how you got to that space of being able to be like, you know what, like it's time to stop putting that guilt aside. And I think that this is something for not just moms looking to take time for themselves, but also just anybody that maybe is needing to say no to doing something with a friend or, you know, not feeling guilty about investing in themselves to go solo travel, which you just did, you know, like the things that we feel called to do, but for whatever reason, we're feeling like this guilt or feeling like we can't, how did you overcome that? And like lean into of like, no, this is something like I, I need to do. Yeah. I think saying yes to those life opportunities. And I just said to my husband this morning, cause we were, we're trying our own version of no by July which is more just like, we went on this great trip. We went, we, I went on a trip for fun. He went on a trip for work. (laughs) So I went on this great trip and, you know, international travel. I went to live baby life is for living. So we're trying to do no by July. And he was just saying to me like, Hey, can we not plan anything like super expensive right now? I'm like, babe, life is for living. Um, and so I'm just really inspired from the, from the traveling that I did, but coming back to your question about how do you give yourself permission to take that space? I truly think it's a skill you have to practice. It's just like working a muscle. You're not going to be able to run a marathon the first time you put on your tennis shoes. Like you got to start just by training for a 5k, right? It's kind of like a mental marathon training. And I think there's prioritizing yourself is hard because so many other people, depending on, especially people who are raised as women are categorized as good women or good mothers when they don't prioritize themselves because they're so selfless. They're so giving, they're so generous with themselves. And it's like, your cup is not going to get filled or stay full if you're constantly pouring from it and you leave nothing for you. So keep your stuff in your cup. Your cup is for you. Someone just said that to me a couple weeks ago, maybe on a work call. They were like, your cup is really for you. It's not for others. I'm like, amen to that. Why have I never thought about my cup that way? So that was an epiphany for me. But truly, I just think it's in practice and it can start with small things. It can be 
I'm going to block my lunch hour and I'm going to take a walk for my mental health to I'm going to book a massage monthly. And when you think about that, that's 12 massages in the full year. And it's one hour of your time, one and a half with driving time or whatever. These things seem easy to do when you think about them in the macro, but in the moment when life starts happening, real life starts happening and those pulls and those calls and those distractions away from your dedication to yourself and your practice for your self-love and your mental health, it's so easy to say, oh, it's just easier to just not, I'll just keep going and just stay in the hustle or stay in the rat race or keep mm-hmm. giving to others. So yeah, I think it takes enormous practice. I agree. And I love what you said too, of like the examples, right? Like blocking your lunch and taking a walk. It doesn't always have to be this big investment to do things for ourselves. And one of the things you mentioned from the retreat that we did was we spent time in nature and we got quiet and we reflected and how powerful that was. And I've talked about this before with friends because I had just started going on walks with no music right before that retreat. And I've told my friends like, I know it's nice to go out and listen to that podcast or that book or music on a walk, but like try once a week to just get outside with nothing on and just listen and observe and really take in your surroundings because nature is such a powerful and energizing space to be in. But sometimes like we're on that walk and like, yes, we're moving and, you know, what is it? Hot girl walks now, you know, like they, they feel good, right. Moving our body, getting outside, but like one of them with no music or podcast or nothing in your ear, no phone and like, see how different it feels just like once a week. And that's not asking anything extra. It's just switching up how you're doing it. Because I love what you said of like, it was just powerful for you to experience that silence. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And I had a similar experience when I was just in Spain, I did not bring my AirPods with me or the little connector into my phone. So I couldn't even use the airplane headphones when I was touring the city, which part of that is a safety thing. I wanted to be aware of where I was. I was in a new city. I I wanted to make sure that I was paying attention to what was happening around me and I wasn't getting lost. Um, But I would find myself like, I remember one specific example. I found myself in this park and I was in this moment and I was kind of like, I can just sit in this park for as long as I feel like until I feel like leaving this park. And I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have to be doing anything for anybody. I don't need to be appeasing someone or thinking of anyone else's time. My time is completely my own and I can go with the flow of my own energy. And I cannot remember a time where I've ever done that in in an adult consciousness frame of mind. I mean, I've had multiple jobs since I could work. I started coaching and I worked in a weight room and that was literally when I was 14, 15 years old, I, I got my first job. And then I had multiple jobs all the way up until the time I was 30 years old. So four years ago when I dropped all my side hustles and I decided I'm just going to have my one income. Cause that's all I can handle. That's, that's what I want to do. I'm in a space where I'm making enough money doing that. So why stress myself out with all the extra? Let's just like, it was started the start of this transformation of prioritizing myself because I let go of those other things. And all the way fast forwarding into this park moment where I'm just like, this is such an epiphany for me right now that people just get to live like this sometimes, or maybe this is the pace of life we're supposed to have not needing. I mean, obviously there's duties that come with identities, but it was just really empowering and freeing and eye-opening. I love that. Do you feel 
that you're going to be able to take and apply some of that here now. Like, cause I, I think sometimes where I struggle when I go on vacation or I'm away from, you know, my work tasks and emails and things like that, I do experience what you're talking about. And then it's like, how do we take, and this is kind of like within the retreat too, right? We're in these safe spaces or almost like simulations that are not how we are living day to day. And it's expansive and it's exciting and it's wonderful and we feel energized from it. And then it's like, okay, how do we take it and apply it? And I think that was something that I saw that was so inspiring after Call of the Wild was like watching you just like continue to show up in these different ways that you had talked about at the retreat. And I think like, one, I'm curious, like how you did that. And then like two, within like your trip, did you feel like that was something similar of like, okay, I'm in this incredible experience, like you were just talking about in the park. How do you feel like you can start to integrate more of those things into your life here? Yeah. I loved the exploration I was able to do. And I just was reminded, like, there are people who live here in this city who aren't doing what I'm doing right now every day. And I bet there are experiences like this that I can have at home also, whether it's driving just to downtown to go try some new restaurant, which actually I have my eye on something opening this weekend. And then going North or going South or going to a, a neighboring state. Like there's so many great things that we can do, all of which requires time and money and planning and energy and all of that, but really it's worth it. And I just think I'm, in, I'm encouraged and empowered and curious to just explore more and maybe just dedicate more exploring times to get to know the world better. So as far as trying to find that quiet, some of that too is, am I traveling now by myself, which is a different level of commitment, or am I planning a family trip? And for family trips, those are trips solo trips, those are vacations, right? And there's a difference between a trip and a vacation. <laughs> I was lucky enough to just come back from vacation. So as far as making it applicable to long-term, it's again, it's in the community. I can start small. I can still have those moments of exploration. They might be small, but I can make them as consistent as I want. Thanks to my remote work. Also, I can go try a new coffee shop. I can go try a new spot. I can go experience nature or life. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have an involved enough partner who sees the benefits of me prioritizing myself also, and gives me freedom and empowers me to go and do that too. So I know that I'm, I'm privileged in that way. Mm, I love that. And I think that when you're saying exploration, it's so funny, right? Because we live in Minnesota, we live here and, you know, it's really easy to be like, oh, like. I want to go there and I want to go do that. And sometimes we forget like how much we really do have at our fingertips and opportunities to explore, whether it's a new city or like you said, a new restaurant. My girlfriends and I, the other week went and hiked at Willow River State Park, which is just over in Wisconsin. And we were like, this is beautiful. And I haven't been here in probably five years. And I'm always talking about how I need to get out to Colorado and I need to get in hikes or I want to live in Colorado because I want to be in the mountains. And it's like, I don't even give myself the space or the opportunity to do those types of activities right now. And so it's like that grass is greener mentality and maybe my life mm -hmm. would feel different in Colorado, but like, how can I start to integrate some of that adventure that I'm seeking elsewhere here? And I think 
I, I, I like this conversation because I think it is something that's so relatable, right? We're always feeling like if then, right? So like, yes. if I live there, then my life will get better. If I get that job, then I'll be happier. If I make more money, then I'll feel freedom. And it's like, what can you do right now? What things can you start to explore to have that then feeling? So if it's happiness, if it's adventure, if it's joy, if it's connection, like what can you do right now? And I liked what Gabby said of like, how, where can you start to explore? Like if it's connection, what types of events are happening in your city right now versus like a woe is me attitude. If it's wanting to make more money, what jobs are available to you? If it's seeking adventure, like where can you go explore that you've never been? And I think having that exploration mentality opens up so many doors and is so expansive. Mm -hmm. I'm, I did not over plan the most recent trip I went on. And I'm so happy I didn't because of that ability to be able to go with the flow energy. But prior, I did a lot of curious scrolling and just got myself familiar with what's getting mentioned as a must do or a must see for this area with my limited time that I have and what, what popped up a lot? What did a lot of people recommend? Um, and then what did I notice that was different in places? So like tried to bookend it. So here's the stuff I've got to do. And here's something that piqued my interest because it wasn't mentioned as many times. And I tried to make a schedule of things that I could go and see and do. And I tried to not overcommit myself each day. And it was a perfectly paced trip for me because of that strategy. But information at our fingertips. I mean, I just, if you have any level of curiosity, all you have, I mean, just Google it, <laughs> just Google anything. There are so many creators out there who you're going to help them and, and their, you know, dreams of their small business or monetizing their blog or whatever they're doing. If you just go, I went to Pinterest personally, and I bet there's plenty on Minnesota there too. Actually, as soon as we hang up, I'm going to look, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I think it is. It's taking the time to explore. And like, if you're feeling the itch for the trip, but you're financially trying to, you know, scale back, where can you explore within where you live? Like, I think, I don't know. I love what you said of just like, it's being creative and it's an opportunity and a willingness and say yes to living life. Right. And mm -hmm. so for you, what do you feel like has been like a big shift for you since being able to be like, okay, I need to do this for me last July. And now like, what other ways have you continued to take and apply that? And like you shared at the beginning, start to say yes to more things for you. Yeah. Permission is so huge. Just giving yourself permission to do things. Um, this holiday season was really mentally hard on me and it just felt like the winter that wouldn't quit here in Minnesota afterwards. And I just remember after celebrating the holidays with family, I looked at my husband. I'm like, I've been curious about therapy for a long time. I'm no longer curious. I know I need it. I need to talk to someone about where I'm at, get my head right. Cause I am not, I am burnt out constantly. And I know I'm not pleasant. I'm a version of myself that I'm not enjoying. And I need to get this right to get back to even keeled. I mean, my, my day, my version of a bad day is like a lot of other people's normal as far as a positivity level. So if I'm feeling really negative, I'm not in a good space. 
So that was something I gave myself permission to do because prior to setting that up, I had thought I need to go through a major trauma to earn therapy. I don't want to take a therapist away from someone who could have time helping someone with bigger problems than mine. But truly it's like, I remember in some Netflix show, show someone said a quote of like, therapy is like brushing your teeth, but it's brushing your brain. Like brilliant. I love that. It is just a normal thing. The world would be a better place if we were all in therapy. So I signed up for an online service. I connected with a therapist virtually. I was connected with them within a day of signing up. And I had sessions weekly for a couple months. And it was so powerful to just be able to not feel like I was burdening my partner with all my ick. And it was a safe space to share. They were able to give me some practical steps and tactics and and things to try in moments where I was feeling those stressors that have been enormously helpful for me. So I would say giving yourself permission is huge. Knowing where you need help is huge. I was able to work out a lot of those spaces of where I thought I needed help. And the kind of that continue that conversation of misalignment that I was feeling that brought me into call of the wild with my therapist and just be able to say some things out loud that maybe I felt restrained to say to other people for whatever reason. Um, so that was really, really great. And then comes springtime. I just felt like, okay, we finally had the melt. I've stepped into this new level of clarity. I feel like a path is really starting to show up for me. That makes sense. And so I reconnected with Nikki and we got to talking and making some plans. And out of those plans, the podcast was born. I'm completely off topic from your original question, but I'm really excited about all of the things that have come from the, my root point, which is giving yourself permission because you, we are oftentimes the thing standing in our own way. And as soon as you just remove that, and I'm not saying like <laughs> go crazy and get into debt and, you know, you know, all the, you know, too much of things is also terrible, but doing what you want to do because you're passionate about it or because you're interested or because it would be fulfilling to you and not in a detrimental way is, is so is it's worth it. Yeah. That's what I was wondering is what have you learned since really starting to embrace that mindset of giving yourself the permission to say yes to the things that maybe once felt a little scary or uncertain, or you doubted yourself. How did you start to, once you gave yourself the permission to trust and like move forward, because sometimes we can be like, yeah, I want to do this. I know I should do it. And then it goes back to that inner voice that you were talking about earlier that I think we all have where the doubt comes in or we're questioning things. And so what ways have you started to allow yourself when that inner voice rises up to realize like, no, this, this is what I meant to do. And like you said, not be the person standing in our own way. Mm -hmm. I think overcoming it's really hard but you learn the most from failures too. So if you just don't try anything new, you're never going to learn anything new. You're just going to continue to stay where you're at. So I think part of it was I came to a place where I was ready to level up. Not everybody is in that same place. Some people are happy to grow where they're planted and you do that for a while. And then when you're ready, you take that next step, but that's at a different pace for everyone and different thresholds for everyone. So I need to like acknowledge that me and my space I was ready for that next level. I told myself no enough where I thought 
okay, I'm, this isn't working. Something's got to change. What's the thing that's holding me back. And after lots of journaling and lots of reflecting and communities like the wild community, and also at my work, we have an employee resource group and it's women and allies. And we happen to get together monthly in alignment with the new moon. And so we set professional and personal goals for ourselves with the new moon and this small group. And it's just so fabulous. And so realizing that through those meetings, I was writing the same thing down over and over again. And that group does something really great, which is asks really thoughtful, interesting, insightful questions. And then we take time to journal. And through my journaling, again, I was seeing this repetition of like, what's in my way? It's me. It's not that I don't can't make the time. It's that I haven't prioritized the time. It's not that it costs money because I spend money on DoorDash monthly. If I just reallocated my money, I could afford this instead of DoorDashing Applebee's and anything else. It was all overcomable. And it was all overcomable because I was the one who could overcome it. So it wasn't these extrinsic forces holding me back from anything I wanted to be doing. And that realization was really powerful, but it didn't happen overnight either. I mean, even after Call to the Wild, it took me some time to be able to be like, no, I'm really going to just step into my own. I'm really going to own myself. So it's definitely been a gradual journey with a, with a heightened, <laughs> a very heightened growth spurt very recently. But I'm, I don't know where to end that. <laughs> well, I think what you're talking about though, it's, it is right. It's you do it once. And whether you fail or you succeed, you learn from that. Mm -hmm. And then you do it again and you walk away having learned more and you keep learning more and more about what you're capable of, what actually feels really good to you, maybe what doesn't, but you're putting yourself in spaces where you're going to have to really see what you are capable of and Mm -hmm. see, you know, where you thrive And where maybe like, hey, I tried that, but it wasn't for me. And you learn more about yourself in that process. And I think like having that realization when we're finally like, wait, nobody else is telling me I can't do this. Nobody else is holding me back. It's just like me in my own way. It's recognizing it, like you said, and then stepping up to the plate. And it does take time and you have to give yourself grace. And as you started to, you know, get out of your own way, how did you start to feel more and more confident? Like you just said this last few weeks, it's been like, a like the graph is like slowly going up and then it's like, if you could see her. And so it's like, how did you get to that point of like, it's like, I'd love to hear more of like what you're talking about with like it going straight up. I think it was just, I'm going to make some plans and some decisions. And I know that these are entirely for me. I feel like these are in complete alignment with what I want to be doing with my time and my life energy and my talents and my passions. And knowing that and having a clear path has really just helped me recalibrate my energy into other things. So where I was having a very high vibration for some things happening in my life, I've lowered the vibration so I can re- redistribute it into other things that are more aligned with what I'm doing and working in that in that place makes me know that everything I'm doing with my day is aligned with me and when you're working in alignment it's just hard to not feel like everything I'm doing is just right in this moment it's 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 a completely new experience for me because I've never been I don't think I've ever felt this way before I've never been here before 
So all the work of the last many years, because it definitely started prior to the Call to the Wild, although Call to the Wild ignited me in a whole new way, um, has led me here. And it's not that it's not going to be hard and it's not that it's not going to be taxing for me mentally, physically, emotionally. It's just that I know it's right and it just feels so It's like when you meet your person and you just recognize your soul's counterpart in another person. It's like that, but with a calling and a purpose and what you're doing with your energy. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like tingly butterflies, but because you're in love with yourself. It's great. Mm, I love that. And what a cool thing to be able to feel and experience that of just like, so aligned with what you're creating and building and the opportunities that you're putting yourself into for you with you know, stepping into starting a podcast and like sharing and speaking and things like what about that feels like the butterflies and the tingly goodness? Like where were you feeling so called to be able to create that type of space? I think it's two of my core identities working together. So one of them is being a storyteller And then the other one is finding purpose through service. And so in areas where I can be providing service to others and storytelling at the same time, that is like such a winning combination for me. So if I end up on a stage and I'm able to educate other people or inspire someone, and again, be that stepping stone to elevation for them. I feel empowered by that and I can do it through storytelling, but I also know that they're going to walk away out of that room or away from that podcast or after reading something that I've written, empowered or educated to be able to elevate themselves. That's like top tier for me. I, I don't know why it took so long to figure that out. I've always been this. The more I think about it, I've, I've had these themes throughout my life. And a lot of things that I've done or really enjoyed have all had these elements together. So coming into a space where now I'm working hard to build this personal brand and I'm launching this podcast to be a safe space for people to talk about a variety of topics, but mostly social media, mental health, flavors of parenting, and then career empowerment. It's like, why didn't I start this four years ago? It just feels so silly that I wasn't there because these themes have always been here. I'm curious for you, have you always felt so like sure of who you are and how you want to show up and the things that you want to do? Because I think, you know, we're in our thirties and I think it's really common for people to feel like we can't pivot in our thirties or we can't do different things or it's too late. My time has passed. And I, I don't believe in that mindset. And I think we're ever evolving and we're ever changing. And there's always opportunities to learn more about who we are. And for you, has that been your truth of like, you continue to learn more about yourself and who you are and how you want to show up and like surprising yourself really. in like, the opportunities that present themselves or the things that you feel called to do. Because like you said, you're surprised that you didn't step into this podcast sooner, but do you feel like it happened when it was meant to happen for you because of who you are today? I don't know. And that was kind of, that question was like kind of all over. (laughs) I'm tracking. I got it. I 
would describe my, I would describe my younger self as a severely insecure person. And so I was very much a chameleon growing up through school. I remember going to a high school reunion a couple of years ago and connected with an old classmate. And I brought my husband with me who my fiance at the time, actually, I can't remember, but my partner. And this person says to my husband, Travis, Gabby was so nice to everyone. She was everybody's friend. And that sounds like a really great comment off the top, but truly my experience in high school, even though that's how it might've looked to someone else and their experience with me was I never really knew where I fit in. I didn't really have a steady friend group in elementary school, middle or high school. I had very limited tight-knit friendships. All of them had kind of naturally fallen away. Um, I was very much a boyfriend girl. And so if I had a boyfriend, that was it for me. That was my identity was I was so-and-so's girlfriend. And then stepping into college, that's when my really lifelong, deep-rooted friendships began, who I've kept in touch with and who I've nurtured. And um, while some high school friendships, I mean, obviously I wish the best for people, nothing ever happened like crash and burned or anything. It was just... I was being what people needed from me so that I could fit in to, to not show my insecurity. And I've always also been kind of the funny girl because if you're funny, everybody likes you. And it's my worst fear to not, for people to not like me. <laughs> I'm very much like Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec in that way. There's that episode where she needs to get the guy to like her who wouldn't vote for her. And she throws an entire bowling event just for him. That is very on brand for Gabby. I would totally oh do gosh. that. I love that episode. I know. Well, she's very golden retriever energy. I would say so am I. So I vibe hard with Leslie Nope. But so stepping into my third, first of all, I'm in the most secure relationship I've ever had. So while in my younger years, I was a boyfriend girl. I very much kept my identity as an individual. And I came into my relationship with Travis as a whole individual. I had all my relationship blunders. I learned a lot, you know, God bless the broken road and all of that, that led me to Travis because he had very similar experiences also. So we came together as whole people and we're not codependent. So that's a new relationship experience where I don't have to be a boyfriend girl with him. And my wife to being a wife to him is not an entire identity for me. Like we, we respectfully say to each other, we can live without each other and that's great, but we definitely complement each other and we help each other live better lives, but we don't need each other because we are already whole people. So that's a piece that helps me with my security in my life is that I have a partner who supports me and sees me as my whole person. And I do the same for him. So that's amazing. Mm. And I just feel like I've started to say, that's not who I am, or you might've seen me that way, but that's not who I am. I don't want that to be how I'm known. And just, yeah, I think stepping into my thirties and realize, you know, coming to that realization, like our life energy is non-refundable and here's how much my time is worth for me. And I'm not going to spend my time doing X, Y, or Z because it would appease or make someone else happy. Is it making me happy in this moment? And if it makes us both happy, then awesome. Then that's the win-win, right? But I think the podcast came in at the right time because I'm so clear on that message because of all that muck and learning and churning that had to happen for me in my formative years. Mm. Do you feel like you've overcome that like golden retriever, Leslie Nope energy <laughs> of, because I so relate to that. I hate confrontation. I hate 
making anybody mad. Like it took a long time for me to be able to feel like it was okay for me to say no to going to do something with somebody because I didn't want to, because I didn't want them to be mad at me. But what you were saying just now at the end is like, you have to do those things for yourself. And like, if the other person understands like, well, then it's a win-win, but there are going to be people that maybe don't understand. And is that something that you have just come to terms with or Mm. what things do you have in place to not let yourself like maybe go down into a spiral of like, I'm going to throw this person a private bowling party because I know they love bowling and I'm going to like throw the whole bowling game out the window and let them win just because I want them, you know, to not be mad that I set that boundary. Yeah. I think there is such a thing as constructive conflict and for situations where there's going to be some kind of disagreement or friction, it doesn't mean that a relationship is completely doomed. It means that there's a learning opportunity there and coming to it with a clear message being able to communicate what's going on with you. These are things I learned in therapy. Um, Being able to communicate where you're at and how you're feeling. And then also giving space for that response in a respectful listening to understand approach is a way that you can have constructive conflict. You can build through conflict where being maybe passive aggressive or ignoring something or enabling someone who's doing something you don't want by letting them continue that behavior, that is not constructive. It might feel like you're not in conflict, but you are in conflict because it is impacting you. And so what's, what's going to be more beneficial for you? Is it the upfront moment that might cause some discomfort, but ultimately you're going to build or prolonged discomfort because you can't just not and not just because I know that that is an extremely stressful situation that can build a lot of anxiety for people. But again, it's a skill that you practice. It's communication and it's comfort and discomfort for the long run of that relationship and making sure that you say, Hey, like, let's take my, my husband, for example, Hey, I've been feeling this. I just want you to know that and speak my truth. I would like it to be differently by this. How do you feel about that? Let's and let's talk about it. And it and what I'm not trying to do in that moment is say you're failing me or I'm leaving you or anything like that. It's hey, I'm feeling misaligned or unfulfilled or wish wish there were more or less or something different here. What where can we make some adjustments here? Like we haven't we we haven't been on a date in a little while. And so we talked about that this morning. That's a great example. And I just said, hey, I'd really like to feel like we can connect and just be dating again. When can we make some time for that? How, what would be a good way to, what, what would some, what's a way you'd like to do that with me? And then we have a conversation about it. So I think it's how you come at it too. I think communication, it's hard, but it's like, it's, it's so necessary. Have you read the book, Happy Place? No, I'm shaking my head. Like they can hear me. No, it's so good. (laughs) But communication is a main thing that comes up in that book. And Mm -hmm in relationships. And it was just, I loved the whole premise of it because it was a really, it's a book about friendship and love and relationships, but like a big part of it was around the importance, not like a big part of it, but like, that was like a big key thing was like, you have to have strong communication with friends, with relationships. Um, and you have to realize like people don't know what you don't tell them. And I, I think this is actually something that I'm 
I have a conversation with somebody um, that's coming up on the podcast too, but like we talked about how nobody is a mind reader, like nobody knows what your needs are. So if you're feeling unfulfilled in some way, frustrated in some way, you have a need, like you have to tell others what you're feeling or the frustration, the tension, and be willing to have like that healthy conflict, like you're talking about Gabby, because if you just sit on it and you let it fester and you have resentment and you're angry, like it's not going to get you anywhere. So at some point you have to be willing to show up and have that healthy, but challenging conversation with people and realize it's going to be better than like sitting in your shit. My friend, Kelsey, um, she calls it like sitting in your shit diaper when you just like, you don't do any, you don't do anything about it. You're just sitting in it. And it's like, you don't want to be there. So like something has to give. Yeah. I've, I've read and I've heard, and I don't, I can't source this, but I know that it's out there and probably really easily Googleable. But the number one relationship killer is unmet expectations. And so that could be a friend who expects that you call them more often. It could be a romantic partner who expects that you're going to do your fair share of laundry and dishes and they're not done. So then you have, like Alex is saying, this uh, this this festering resentment that happens because of these unmet expectations. But if you don't communicate those expectations or the lack of follow through on something that you expect from a relationship, you can't expect that other person to understand that you're feeling that. Mm -hmm. So I think even starting before everything is just what are some of my expectations entering into this equal partnered relationship, if whether that's platonic or romantic, or even at work, like a professional relationship, I expect that my manager is going to manage me this way. And maybe that doesn't fit their style. So let's compromise on something that matches their style and my employee working style also. So it can be applied in all sorts of ways. But yeah, unmet expectations is the number one relationship killer. Yeah. It's a hard one. It's necessary. And I love how much you've been talking about therapy because <laughs> it is having a safe space to talk with somebody is so important and like work through the things that you're feeling and having somebody kind of call you on your bullshit. Um, I mean, that's why I love podcasts. It's like, I'm listening to somebody else talk about something and I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to call that person or I got to have that conversation or I got to make that change. And it's, it's hearing other people's experiences and feeling excited by what they're doing and it lighting a fire under your ass and inspiring you and, you know, being that wake up call. And that's why I like get so pumped to have these conversations. And that's why I love having this podcast is because that's what it's all about is people get to listen to what we're talking about. And hopefully they're impacted in some way, shape or form in a little way or a big way. And a ripple has been created. Mm -hmm. And now they finish listening to the podcast and they're like, I'm going to go express that unmet need to my friend or my spouse or my boss. And I'm going to start saying yes and living my life. And it, it, it is, it's getting to hear other people and their experiences and the opportunities and the possibilities that they're seizing and realizing that like we have access to those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing the work is so important because you're the only one who can work on you. That's it. And whatever resources you need, again, we don't have to send carrier pigeons to people. We don't have to travel by horseback. Like everything is at our fingertips. And it's so crazy the amount of services that you can get in touch with if you feel like you want to mm. start that work. Mm. 
So Gabby, this has been so much fun. I like, I don't know. I'm just so excited. It's been so cool to get to watch you. Like I've talked about um, already, but watch you like continue to just step in and like now hosting your podcast, which I can't wait to listen to and for my listeners to check out. And it's just like so cool to get to see people stepping into the things that they are meant to do. And it's really inspiring and powerful. And so I I'm grateful for you for coming on the podcast today. Um, but my last question that I ask is what is the ripple that you want to create? Oh, my ripple. Just say yes to yourself give your permission to go and live your life because it's for living. Mm -hmm. So whether that's something small, like going on the walks that we talked about and giving yourself space for just silence and some movement that you dedicate to yourself, or it's something big, like finally booking that trip to Europe that you've been wanting to go on forever. And you've said no for X, Y, Z reason. I hope that people listen to this and they just think, yep, I'm going to say yes to me. I'm going to prioritize myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love it. Yes, 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 yes. Where, uh, where can the listeners find you and connect with you and listen to your podcast? Yes. I'm on all the socials. My handle is at the underscore fab gab. And my podcast is called the gift of gab. And I'm currently working on getting it listed all the places, but Mm -hmm. I'm hosting it through buzzsprout. It's available on Spotify and Amazon podcast now. So Apple podcast pending, but in the works. Yay. And I'm so excited. And I'll have all of this linked in the show notes as well. So Gabby, thanks so much again for coming on the podcast today. It was such a good conversation and I look forward to staying connected with you and um, to all of our listeners, make sure that you rate and review, continue to share out this podcast so that more and more people can be impacted and they can join the creating ripples community. And until next time, let's go out and start creating ripples. 